I've talked with you about a structure of thoughts that can make you weak or a structure of thoughts that can make you strong. There is a struggle going on in the world of ideas and thoughts. There are men who have died long ago but rule the world with their ideas today. We have to sort through our thoughts and hold them up to some sort of standard to know whether we should reject or accept those thoughts. I also introduced that there is an enemy, an enemy who opposes the people of God and has mastery of language and subtlety of suggestion. And his name is the father of lies. Some of us have been listening to a, a worm tongue, and we've got to cut off that voice and listen to the voice of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Today, I have the same verses for you. Nothing new, but just a different part of them that we need to look at. And here's a reminder, both of those verses found in chapter 10 of 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians. The first being about temptation. God does not tempt, but he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. You don't always have to collapse every time you're tempted. You can stand up under it. God has made a way for you to do that. 2 Corinthians 10 verses 4 and 5 says and begins, The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. We have a fight. We have been given an arsenal to choose from, an arsenal of weapons to choose from for this fight. God is telling us to stand and fight. And that's the message today. There is a fight in this life. And a good part of that fight takes place on the battlefield of our minds. Here's news for you, if you'll believe it. God wants you to win. He wants you to win. God has provided help for you. You are not alone. He has provided a whole arsenal of weapons for you to fight this fight. And I want to share with you a bit about how we can win on this spiritual battlefield of the mind, a place where thoughts can take us down or thoughts can lift us up. But at the end of this, there's a question you have to answer. Will you take God's help? And do you really want to win? God desires you to stand up. He desires you to fight. He desires you to fight and win. Now, before you cover up little Johnny's ears or little Susie's ears and say, oh my, I don't want my child to learn a lesson of violence. This isn't a message about that kind of fight. It's a different kind of fight I'm talking about, not in the physical world, but in the spiritual and on the battlefield of our heart and minds. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. 
What do these spiritual forces of evil have to do with the battlefield of our minds? Well, like I shared with you in the, in the first two Sundays of this series, I would assert that there are spiritual forces that promote ideas, that promote philosophies that are opposed to God, the knowledge of God, and the truth found in his word. You and others may not always identify it as a spiritual authority or a force of evil, but I know, I know that there are times when you have acknowledged it or named it as a prevailing thought or a common attitude that seems to reign over society or the area or the region where you live. You might call it by this instead of an evil force or a spiritual authority, you would say, well, it's relativism instead of timeless truth for all people. You'll say it's pantheism instead of one Lord and one faith. You'll say it's religiousness instead of authentic relationship with God. You'll say and name it and call it territorialism instead of unity. You'll call it sexual permissiveness instead of being set apart for God. After a while, those prevailing thoughts, whether you acknowledge them as spiritual authorities or forces of evil or not, those prevailing thoughts or common attitudes can erode the strength of a godly man or a godly woman. We are facing a struggle of the mind and heart, and God desires us to stand up underneath the spiritual pressure. There is a war waging against our minds, a struggle from within and a struggle without, a war to keep us docile, to keep us weak, instead of running in the path of freedom. More than once in the scriptures, we are told, fight the good fight of the faith. The enemy wages war on you whether you acknowledge it or not. When will you take your stand against sin and the spiritual forces? Stand and fight. You know, instead, it, it sometimes seems like we, we take a different posture when it comes to this battle. We seem to take a posture that's like this. And we just let things roll over us. And we say things to ourselves like, what, what can I do about that? That's, that's just the, that's the prevailing thought in our society. What can I do to fight against it? Might as well just give in, go along with it, or, or pretend to go along with it. Or we say, well, I can't really help it. That's, that's just the way I am. That's just the way I think. I, I, I can't do anything about that sin in my life. It just, it, it's always going to be there. I'm never going to have the ability to overcome. Sometimes we might take that passive posture and we just let things roll over us, run over us. Maybe every once in a while we might say, ah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to try not to think about that. I'm going I'm to try to do what's right and be good. Yet we still take this posture and, 
And it's, you know what it's like? It's like taking out a little water gun and shooting it into an inferno. We've got to throw down that kind of worldly weapon. That's not what God has given us to fight with. Instead, we need to, we need to pull something out of the arsenal of God, heft it in our hand, a weapon of righteousness. Hold it up like a spear. And we need to get ready to, to throw that. You know, there's sometimes you can, you can take the, the posture of just laying down and crying out and, oh, woe is me and, oh, help me. But there's a different way to cry out. You heft up that spiritual weapon and it doesn't change the fact that maybe the enemy or the thought looks overwhelming and big to you. It doesn't change that but it's a different attitude. And, and it's not that you don't, it's not bigger than you and that you don't need God's help, but instead you've taken that spiritual weapon and you charge at it and you just, you run. You take a flying leap. You throw yourself into the fray and you cry out that name, Jesus, help! I want to tell you just about a few of those weapons in the spiritual arsenal. We are told not to fight aimlessly, not to beat at the air, but to make our punches count. We're given some directives about spiritual weapons. Here's here's one. Here's one out of the many. But you need to take hold of the name of our Lord. You need to take hold of that name. You need to remember when the shepherd boy David, when he went up against the warrior Goliath, what did he say to Goliath? You come against me with spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, whom you have defied. The name of our Lord has been lifted up above every other name and has authority that you will never have. You need the authority of his name. And Jesus said to use his name. For those who have trusted in him, he told us to pray and ask in his name. It's like the only signature on an account that gives authority and access to that account. The scriptures say, through you we push back our enemies. Through your name we trample our foes. His name. Have you ever been struggling with thoughts you recognize as ones you need to reject, but they're overwhelming? You need to fix your eyes on Jesus and call on his name. Say it in your mind. Say it under your breath. Shout it out loud if you need to. Jesus, I believe in the authority of the name of our Lord. And you need to believe it too. If you're going to fight, if you're going to stand up underneath the pressure of the spiritual forces that come against us, what else is in the arsenal of the Lord? When Revelation we're told the saints overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. These two things are how you can take the right posture to stand. We don't stand by our own merit but by the blood 
of Jesus Christ, which made us right with God and washed us clean. We don't stand on how we've cleaned ourselves up. Oh, look at me. I haven't sinned in 52 days. We don't stand on being right with God because we're doing a list of good things. Oh, look what I did this past week. I feel really good about myself. You don't stand on those things. You stand on what Christ did at the cross. And what is our testimony when the enemy comes with the accusing finger and points in our face and says, if you are a child of God and throws the doubt right at us, what's our testimony at that point? You know, it's going to take a little humility for that testimony. It's going to take some honesty in that testimony. Honesty with yourself and honesty with God. And it's going to take someday honesty with others. And you're going to have to say, yes, I was sexually immoral. Yes, I was vain and conceited. Yes, I was a liar. But I have been forgiven and I am forgiven. I am washed clean. I am in the faith. I stand by grace. The old is gone and the new has come in my life. Jesus has accepted me and accepts me now. And Jesus has changed me and is changing me. The blood of the lamb and the testimony of the saints overcomes the enemy. He can't stand up to that. It's not a power struggle. It's a truth struggle, folks. And you got to align yourselves with the truth. Next time the thoughts and the spiritual pressure come upon you, remember, no one can condemn you if you are in Christ. Romans 8, 1. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Remember what you once were without Christ and where you are with him now. And stand upon that. Remember the testimonies of others who have faithfully followed. Many times when I feel weak, I remember those around me who are faithful to the Lord. And I remember the people of God in Scripture who are faithful to him in the face of suffering. suffering. And I find strength. I stand up and I fight because I want to be accounted among those who have fought the good fight of the faith. That's who I want to be counted with. Is that who you want to be counted with? Or are you going to be counted with those who shrink back and are afraid? Stand up. Fight. You need to take up another weapon in the spiritual arsenal, the, the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. The Spirit takes the Word of God and makes it alive and active within us. The Spirit takes the Word and uses it to judge our thoughts so we know which thoughts to accept and which thoughts to reject. Without the sword of the Spirit, we're in deep trouble. The Word of God has the ability to renew, to bring joy, guide, and give us hope, but you have got to take time to put the Word of God in your mind and in your heart every day. I said it. Every day you need to take time. I don't care if it's just five minutes just to read and ponder, to soak it up. you got to start taking it in. It should be a habit like brushing your teeth or taking a shower. And remember that this is the Spirit's sword, not your sword. If you take the time to put the Word of God 
in your mind, in your heart, you give the Spirit of Christ the opportunity to remind you of everything he has said. John 14, 26. The Spirit of God within you is, is the whole ballgame, though, folks. The Spirit of God within you, the whole enchilada, the whole spiritual warfare and the battlefield of the mind is wrapped up in this. Christ in you is how righteousness is imparted to you. You can't put on the armor of light or the breastplate of righteousness of, and right, breastplate of faith and love without the Spirit of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit residing within you. You can't run with the weapons of righteousness in the right and left hand and charge into the fray of, of the battle without the rightness of Christ imparted and given to you. The blood of Christ shed on the cross is applied to your life by the Holy Spirit when you put your full trust in Jesus as your Savior. Without that, you will never be able to say, the one who is in me is greater than the one who is in the world. This is real. This isn't make-believe. Christ in you, living through you. This is what the gospel shares and tells us, that we cannot do it on our own, but Christ must reside in us. Christ in you, the hope of glory. One last piece I want to mention from the army of God that he has designed for you is what's described as the helmet of salvation or the hope of salvation as mentioned in 1 Thessalonians 5.8. The helmet or any helmet goes on your head. Your thoughts are in your head. You lose your head, you lose the battle. The hope of salvation is protection for you, a guard for your thoughts. You know, some of you only think about what you're saved from, and you need to start thinking about what you're saved for. The hope of heaven can inspire, strengthen, and protect you. Some of us need to read over the passages in Revelation chapters 1 through 3 and remember what is promised for those who overcome. It's good stuff, folks. It's the description of the hope of our salvation. To him who overcomes, Jesus will give the right to eat from the tree of life in paradise. You want to be there? I sure do. I'm looking forward to that. To those who overcome, Jesus will give a white stone with a new name written on it. I wonder what it will be. I'm anxious to read that and to know the name the Lord has given me. To him or who overcomes and does his will to the end, Jesus will give authority over the nations. You're going to be busy in heaven. Jesus will make overcomers pillars in his temple and write his name on them. That's a new kind of tattoo. We're all going to get tatted one day. You may not like it now, but one day you're going to have one. Jesus offers the hope of sitting with him on his throne. That's the hope of our salvation, not some sort of Looney Tunes cartoon of people sitting on clouds strumming harps. That doesn't excite me. Set your minds on things above, not on the earth, on things below. Just don't put out of your head the things you ought not to think, but put in your heads the things that you should think of, the good, the true, the noble, the right, the pure, the lovely, the admirable, the excellent, the praiseworthy. 
think on those things, the hope of your salvation. And in this battlefield of the mind, and in this spiritual warfare where we fight the good fight of the faith, the Father desires you to win. He really does, folks. He really does. He wants you to win. He has given you weapons to win with. He has even put his spirit into those who trust his message of the cross so that you have a supernatural edge in this battle. Christ in you, fighting with you and for you. Listen to what the Lord our God has said to his people in the past and says to you today. Here is the Father's heart for you to stand up, fight, and overcome. Deuteronomy 28, 7. The Lord will grant that the enemies who rise up against you will be defeated before you. They will come at you from one direction, but will flee from you in seven. They'll scatter. Those thoughts that seem overwhelming will scatter. Joshua 1, 5. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. He is with you, the Lord Almighty. 2 Chronicles 16, 9, for the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are committed to him. Psalm 34, 7, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. Psalm 91, 4, he will cover you, with, the fe- with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart. And John 5, verses, 1 John 5, 4 and 5, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Do you believe that he wants you to win? His heart is for you to win. He wants to supply you what you need, what you need to win. Nate and the guys, you can come on up for this. God desires his men and his women and his children to rise up. Stand up and take up the weapons he has given you to fight with. If you haven't invited him into your life as Lord and Savior, invite him. You need him in this struggle, in this life. Call on his name, the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Open up the word daily. Stand upon the truth of the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus. Pour out the worship. Sing like David sang. Pray like David prayed. Here's one of his prayers you can hang on to. Contend, O Lord, with those who contend against us. Fight against those who fight against me. Some of you need to go back and read the story of Jehoshaphat in 1 Kings 20. The enemies were coming. Two different enemies were coming against him. He didn't know what to do. The famous prayer in verse 12 of chapter 20, he comes before God and he says, Lord, I do not know what to do, but my eyes are upon you. And guess what? The Lord tells him what to do. He says, go out. I'm going to be with you. In fact, I'm going to go before you. And Jehoshaphat, he lines up the army, and they get ready to march. They take up their weapons. And you know what they put on the front row of the army as they march out? A bunch of singers. A bunch of musicians and artists. Folks like this. Put them up front. 
And then in verse 22, it says, as the people began to sing and praise him for the splendor of his holiness, that God went before them and set ambushes against the enemy. Some of you, first thing in the morning, you just need to turn on some worship music, change the whole atmosphere in your house. Sometimes you, you wake up with an attitude. You just need to get rid of it. You start with praising God, the splendor of his holiness. Some of you might be in the thick of a fight. It's more than just maybe an attitude. You, you sense the battle all around you. You need to lift up the worship and the thanksgiving. This Thursday, when you come together with your families, you need to make toasts to each other and give thanks for each other and give thanks to God and what he's done for you and bringing you together as a family. You need to say words of encouragement to those around your table and bless them. Give thanks to God. Another weapon in the spiritual arsenal. So right now, I want you to stand with me. We're gonna sing some of those songs. And we remember that we stand, we stand and fight, but we're standing in the power of the cross.